صباح الخير جود مورنينج دي ليسنز يو ليسنينج تو راديو 3 سي ار اون 855 Palestine Remembered is Australia's only English language radio program that is totally dedicated to Palestine. We'd like to welcome those listening on 855 and those that will join us on podcast at 3cr.org.au. Thanks for joining us. Stay with us and enjoy the episode. Bringing you the news and views and the untold side of the Palestinian struggle for freedom from a Palestinian perspective. Good morning, Robert. How are you doing? Good morning, Nasa. I'm blaming you for lockdown because I told you not to speak about it last week and you did. So I'm in lockdown doing lots of running. How about you? Uh, I'm, I'm in lockdown as well, not doing lots of running, but trying to keep as healthy as I can. Trying to keep mentally healthy, which is increasingly hard to do with what the Israelis continue to do with the Palestinians. And we're joined by a, a wonderful guest from Jenin in Palestine, the Lion's Lair, as my father used to call Jenin, a, a, a village filled with resistance and pride. And we've got one of the stars of Jinin, Manar Awais with us. Good morning, Manar. How are you? Good morning, Nasser. Good morning, Robert. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to have you, Manar. Thank you. I've got you on for a specific reason. And the specific reason to talk about a most egregious case of a Palestinian prisoner. And we're going to talk about the way Israelis treat Palestinians in the most inhumane and barbaric way. Yeah. But in particular, we're going to talk about Iyad Herbat who was arrested 20, almost 20 years ago now. At the time, he was an agricultural engineering student, only in his second year. He was given a life sentence. Since that time, whilst he's been in Israeli jail, he's earned a Bachelor of Arts in Political Science and International Relations. He's learned four languages. He's been a model prisoner. He's helped his fellow inmates to read and write. In 2014, the Israelis injected him with something into his brain that caused him not to be able to recognize his family for almost two years. He was put in solitary confinement and all of the challenges that has to one's mental health. He was sprayed with some sort of toxic substance that caused burns on his body. And uh, in the past month or so, he got a urinary infection that was neglected by the Israelis. And this is another part of their torture of Palestinians, the medical negligence. And this has turned into uh, gangrene. The young man now, he is in a coma with a bacterial infection throughout his body and his lungs. He's chained to a bed in ICU. His family can't come and see him. His lawyers are unable to visit him or be advised of his medical condition. Manad, you've launched a, an online petition and we're trying to advocate to get the Israelis to let Iyad get free. Well, we're talking about Iyad who was arrested and detained 20 years ago. Uh, Iyad right now is 39 years old and um, at the time he was 19 years old. Um, as you said, Nasser, he was he was a university student in his second year. He's he was still learning about politics and still learning about what he wants and what he doesn't want in life. Yet he gets a life sentence and he gets um, detained by the Israeli um, occupation. Um, Iyad was was a brilliant student. He was a brilliant student. His his mother likes to say that. Um, his prisoners, his fellow prisoners, um, uh, like to like to name him the scientist because he's so smart and he's so in- intelligent. Um, and and I think and and many think that um, the Israeli occupation didn't want him to progress in his life because that would cause a threat on the Israeli occupation. Um, Iyad 
even in his detention, even his prison, um, even in the prison, he managed to learn four languages. He managed to learn English, Hebrew, Russian, and French languages. Um, and, and, and he managed to get the BA degree in, uh, inside the prison. He also was helping his fellow prisoners learn to read and to write. So Iyad was not a person who was um, trying to destruct the world around him or people around him. Um, he was actually a very helpful person. And his mother always says that he likes to help people whenever he gets the chance to. Um, and, and, and the Israeli occupation, of course, does not approve of that. The, the Israeli occupation is meant to destruct the Palestinians destruct our homes, destruct our hopes, destruct our lives. And this is just how it works for the Israeli occupation. And it has been this way for 73 years now. We've been living under this brutal occupation for 73 years now. And, and I feel like Iyad's cause is, is, a, is, is, a, is like a microcosm of the Palestinian cause at large and the, Palis and the Palestinian prisoners' cause at large. Um, when we're talking about Iyad, um, Yet he was injected in 2014 with a, with a medical substance that is unknown by the Israeli occupation that led him to lose his memory. And he spent two years of his life. He did not acknowledge his family members. Um, when, when his brothers or mother used to visit him, he didn't want to meet them because he thought that they were, um, they, they, they were Israeli soldiers. Um, so you can only imagine the amount of pain and the amount of suffering that he's gone through and the amount of um, damage that's, that's uh, uh, been conducted on his or committed to his brain. And, and his mother said that there were multiple uh, assassination attempts against Iyad. The first was in 2014, the second was in 2017, and this is the third one. Um, the Israeli occupation want, basically want, wants to assassinate Iyad. And since the... Um, it, they can't just just kill him, you know, right away in prison because that would be, you know, an, an international crime. Um, uh, then they would kill him slowly. And that's exactly what they've been doing. Um, so moreover, even after 2014, and 2017, he was driven to a solitary confinement. He was sprayed with a toxic gas that led him to have burns all over his body. And of course, he did not receive the medical care that he needs. Um, he managed, he was, he was fully paralyzed. He managed with the help of his fellow prisoners to, to walk again. But you can only, of course, imagine how he could walk and what kind of walk we're talking about after being burnt all over his body and being fully paralyzed. Um, Iyad is, um, then he was, he was a urinary, he, he got a urinary retention, which um, led him not to, again, receive um, uh, the, the medical care he, he needs and he requires, which now he has gangrene and he undergoes daily surgeries to clean inside the inside of his body, but yet it's um, the, he is imprisoned still. Um, it's called the hospital, but it's not a hospital really. It's it's a it's a cell. Um, he is prevented family visits. His mother cannot visit him. His mother cannot even touch him, and um, they do not know anything about his medical situation. Um, the, the, his family do not know anything about his family situation. So that's why we're, we're advocating for Iyad. That's why we're, we're raising his voice. Um, 
I, I, I mean, I mean, this is really painful to talk about. I cannot imagine the amount of pain he is going through and his family is going through because of because of all of this. It's not unreasonable for you to say that the Israelis wanted to assassinate him because of his brilliance. As we know, whether it's Hossein Kanafani, 49 years ago last week was the anniversary of his murder, Naji Ali, Israeli Secret Service, State of Israel, have been on a rampage yeah. killing our best brightest. Yeah. One of the realities we have to say, you know, there's political prisoners in Israeli jails. These aren't people who have stolen cars. These are people who are resisting the occupation of their lands. They are political prisoners. Exactly. They should not be in jail for resisting an occupation. The Geneva Convention is very explicit about the rights of a, an occupied people to be able to resist. Exactly. Exactly. You could imagine the uproar, you know, in a country like Australia or America, if um, they were doing this sort of treatment to a human being, it would be all over the world. But because it's a Palestinian and it's caused by Israel, it's stuffed under the rug like all of the other hideous crimes that they do. Unfortunately. And let us not forget the 5,300 uh, female and male prisoners. Let us not, for, let us not forget the 40 female prisoners and, and the two, 250 Palestinian children who are being detained by the Israeli occupation. 81 of them are from the Palestinian um, land, 48. Um, they are still being detained. And, and, and the, 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 the Palestinian prisoners who are under administrative detention, they, are, they amount to 520 Palestinian prisoners. Um, it's insane. The situation inside the Palestinian, the, the Israeli prison is absolutely horrendous. And yeah. we are advocating for Iyad, we're advocating for Israel Jahabis, we're advocating for many prisoners. But the truth is, every single one of them, every single of uh, one of the Palestinian prisoners need our help and needs our support to get out of there. Because as Nasser said, it's not a crime to call for your freedom. It's not a crime to say that you want your, your homeland to be free. This is your right. Yet Palestinian people are being killed, murdered, the homes are being demolished and they're being detained for years and years and end for saying that they want their land to be free. I think just for our listeners too, that they should realise these particular prisoners, they're not charged with anything. And then every six months it's just extended and indefinitely, so yeah. no charges at all. I was wondering if you could tell us, for, for our listeners as well, what happens with the children that are getting charged, how they're taken from their homes uh, in the middle of the night and taken different places. Tell us about that. Palestinian, the Palestinian children are not immune to getting arrested at any time, at any point of time or place whatsoever. You have children who are being detained at the age of 10 years in the Israeli, in the Israeli prison. Um, so the, 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 the circumstances that are being, uh, that, that are being um, imposed on those children, number one, they get driven out of their homes. Some of them get kidnapped by the Israeli occupation. Um, they are driven out of their homes. Maybe the, the child is just sleeping in his home. That He is terrorized into getting into the, the military car to be driven to the prison. They are not allowed to talk to their family. They're not allowed to talk to their parents. They're not allowed to talk to their lawyers. It's absolutely insane. The, 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 uh, the Israeli occupation knows no age. When it comes to Palestinians, they, don't, they know no gender. They know no age. If you're a Palestinian, then you're a target to them. They're also blindfolded, which is against international law for children. Yes, they do get blindfolded. They do get um, physically and emotionally tortured in the prison. Um, they uh, they get 
they get forced into saying things that they haven't said or or admitting things they haven't done. Like so when we're talking about Palestinian prisoners, as I said, the Israeli occupation knows no gender, no age, nothing whatsoever. If you're a Palestinian, then you're a target to them. Uh, and also, uh, like they, they, they try to impose uh, crimes and charges on the Palestinian prisoners like Ahmed Manasra. He is a well-known Palestinian children who um, had his footage, one of his footages um, published all over the internet, um, being asked and interrogated with, um, and, and he was and he was just begging the the president the, the 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 soldier. He was saying that I can't remember. I can't remember. He was he was showing him some footage and he was saying I can't remember. The he is just a child and he's in prison and he was he is um, uh, imposed. Uh, he he has all of this kind of crucial and and inhuman. He has this inhuman conditions. Um, and facing alone with no lawyer, with no family members whatsoever. And all of this, of course, opposes the international law. But um, Israel, being Israel, gets away with it every single time. But we're, we're begging the world right now not to let it, not, let, not to let it slip this time and just to hold Israel accountable for, for its crimes. We should just go back quickly and just address that um, administrative detention that Rob raised before and you spoke about, Manot. The reality is what administrative detention allows is for the Israeli occupation army and forces to hold prisoners indefinitely on secret information. So the person who's being charged and is in jail and their lawyer, nobody knows what's going on. Only the prosecutor and the judge do. And this can be a rolling six months. And people have been held for years on these administrative yeah. charge uh, situations, rolling six months without anybody ever knowing anything. And you said... Yeah. Over 5,000 people in jail at the moment in Israeli jail, political prisoners. Over 500 of them, I think you said, 550 or something, are in administrative detention. Yeah. And we should also say one of the realities of the Israeli military court is that it's brutally efficient. You know, it's a 99% yes. conviction rate. Now, if you want to believe that 99% of people that get in front of a judge are guilty, then perhaps you belong in the police state that is Israel. But the most, the rest of us know that political prisons at a 99% conviction rate is just a conviction factory. There's no justice. Yeah. It's also in Hebrew as well, and these poor kids don't understand. And, and part of what the, you know, the whole system's trying to do is to get the, the Palestinian children to name people so then they, Israelis can then go and kick their doors down. And if you're, if you're a young child being intimidated, having your face covered, your eyes covered, handcuffed, um, and you know, them playing good cop, bad cop, but they seem to be only bad cops there, you're going to crack. You're going to make stuff yeah. up just because of it. It's just it's horrific. It's child abuse. Exactly. It's blatant legal child abuse in their state. Exactly. And 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 one of the last reports said that um, reported that it said that the the children prisoners they are also imposed to sexual abuse. So this is also even more. Um, it makes the whole situation even worse. Like it's not just physical, physical abuse and, and emotional abuse and emotional torture, but also sexual torture. And, and, and the world is still silent, unfortunately. We're talking about 520 Palestinian uh, prisoners under um, administrative uh, detention um, with no charge, nothing at all. As you said, they, 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 even the lawyer doesn't have the, the right to know why this prisoner isn't present, why this, is, why this person is being detained. And of course, this keeps on going for years and years, and years on end um, without, without charge, without anything. 
the work you're doing is about focusing the world's attention on Iyad. We're going to put a link in the podcast so you'll be able to follow that link and sign that petition, share it with your friends, put it on all of your social medias. Please do what you can to uh, speak about Iyad. We'll also put a link to uh, Ahmed Manasra's interrogation. It's the clip, I'll find it, it's only a minute or two, but you'll see that this kid is 13 years old. He couldn't be more than about 40 or 50 kilograms. He's a tiny little kid. And he, the abuse that he's copying at the hands of his interrogator will just make your skin crawl. I mean, the inhumanity of apartheid Israel, it just is beyond imagining. We should also say that, you, you, Manar, you're in Jenin. Jenin is in 67 Palestine. There are illegal settlers in 67 Palestine. If they were arrested, they don't face the same military courts. They get a civil court with all of the protections of civil law, yeah. unlike a military court for the Palestinians. Mm-hmm. Well, I like, I like to just mention that when we say illegal settlers and illegal settlements, well, the entire occupation is illegal. And regardless of it, say, if, if it's a settlement in Haifa or in Jenin or in Jerusalem or Wherever it is, if it's Israeli, then it's illegal. Well, it's a it's a no-brainer that the occupation deals with uh, the Israeli um, citizens as um, differently from the way they they treat Palestinians because they are the occupier. We're the occupied, and we are under occupation. Um, and this is how it how it goes with 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 Israel, and it has been going like this for seventy three years now. We're not really surprised when they treat settlers differently from the way they treat us. We're not even surprised. We're not shocked. We're not phased. We just want our right back. We want our Palestine to be free. We want our Palestine to be liberated. We are in the in the year two thousand and twenty one. It's about time that we end this occupation. We've suffered enough illegal settlements and illegal settlers and and just the entire situation is just horrific. And we are being occupied on every single layer and every single level. Um, And and as I said, it's about time that this whole occupation just ends and and our suffering ends and and our, um, this struggle just ends. Yeah, inshallah, absolutely. It's something we pray for. Inshallah. Al-Damir, which is the Palestinian Support and Human Rights Association, and they track and help Palestinian prisoners. Since 1967, over 800,000 Palestinians, men, women and children have been detained. The the numbers are are crazy. We'll pivot to an Australian context. And those regular listeners will know about Mohammed Al-Halabi, who was a World Vision head of division in Gaza. He was arrested five years ago, five and a bit years ago, And he was charged with stealing $50 million and diverting it to Hamas. The Australian government immediately suspended the aid. World Vision suspended the aid. They defat the Department of Foreign Affairs and Trade did an audit. World Vision did an audit, but also PwC did an audit. They all found that no money had been stolen. Further, that the guy has been charged with stealing $50 million. World Vision's entire budget was less than half of that. He's been in jail for five years. In one of his interrogations, he lost his hearing. He's had over 150 dates in court, often that they attend with, without the correct evidence. The translation is so poor that the judges intervened. Muhammad's lawyer doesn't get opportunities to look at the evidence before it's presented. It's a real, real Kafkaesque and apartheid system to the point where the former CEO of World Vision, Tim Costello, Reverend Tim Costello, who was a brother of the former treasurer of Australia, 
wrote a brilliant op-ed in the Sydney Morning Herald. We'll put that in the link as well. The Israelis offered him a plea bargain. He has refused to leave, to take the plea bargain, which is another engineering way of con creating convictions with Palestinians as they just keep, keep the mental torture of incarceration and perpetual court dates to the point where you give up. But Mohammed al-Halabi, to his credit, has refused to plead guilty. He doesn't want to besmirch his name or the good works of World Vision for Gaza. So we stand with him and we also want him to be free as we do with Iyad and all of the Palestinian political prisoners. Minad, in the past week and a bit, one of our other Palestinian prisoners, a wonderful woman, uh, Khalida Jarar, she's a member of the Palestinian Legislative Council. She's a, a, a super strong woman. Unfortunately and sadly, her daughter, Suha, had a heart attack and died while she was in jail. Oh, mm -hmm. no. Suha was born while her father was in jail and she died with her mum in jail. Yeah. Um, and she's only got two months to go on her prison sentence and she asked to be let out to attend just for the day, the funeral of her daughter, to kiss yeah. her daughter goodbye. Uh, but of course, the Israeli brutal and despicable jail authorities didn't allow that. Can you tell us a little bit about Khalida? Yeah. Of course, Khalida Jarrar is a is a Palestinian political activist. Uh, she is a feminist, also activist, and um, she is well known for being strong and and having a strong voice talking about the Palestinian cause. She is detained, of course. We don't. It's needless to say that what would be her charge, what would be her crime to be detained. But I have to say that Khalida and her struggle with not being able to attend her her daughter's funeral, as devastating as it is, uh, or as it sounds, many, many Palestinians who are present, prisoners, they do not get the chance to do the same thing, even to their mothers or fathers and, and, and like their loved ones. It happens all the time. I'm kind of, if I'm allowed to say, glad that we are getting to see these things highlighted in the media. The struggle of Palestinians being stressed and highlighted and seen and heard by people around the world, um, because it has been happening for so many years. Khalida is one of the 40 female prisoners in the Israeli prison. And um, her daughter, she got a heart attack. You can only imagine being her age and being deprived of your right to see your mother and just deprived your right from living a normal life. So it's truly devastating. I am proud, Buller, now, and it, not, not proud, but... Um, I, I don't know how to describe it. It just feels kind of relieving that the people are now hearing our voice and, and seeing our cause. The heroic struggle of our Palestinian prisoners, whether it's yeah. Manasra, whether it's Iyad, whether it's Khalida, the reality is their samud, their steadfastness to, for our freedom yeah. is inspiring to us as Palestinians. You know, uh, for a Palestinian who was born to a 48er who was ethnically cleansed, born in Australia, you can tell from my accent, Manar, that uh, I'm about as white as a Palestinian can be uh, in, in diaspora as a refugee. But when we see these stories and the strength of these parents, these children to resist the occupation, it is awe-inspiring. We should talk about one of the things also just very quickly. The Israelis don't hide from the fact that what they do is, is evil. And when we talk about the mechanizations within that, the structure of the society, the Israeli Supreme Court said that moderate physical pressure was okay. This is actually torture, yeah? And the documentation of this moderate physical pressure, and this was done by Bet Salem, you know, an Israeli Jewish NGO, and they detailed things like 
depriving the interrogate of, uh, of sleep for a number of days, binding them in painful positions, playing loud music, covering the heads with a filthy sack, exposing them to heat and cold, tying them to a very large chair, tilting them forward, tightly cuffing their hands, making them stand for protracted amounts of time, having them lie on their backs on a stool so that they're bent backwards, hanging them upside down, forcing them on their toes, you know, crouch on their toes, violently shaking even our kids. As you spoke about before, Manara, the threats of violence, of rape, of the kids, but also of violence against their families if they don't cooperate. It is the most despicable occupation, despicable regime, and it's really getting sickening. And increasingly, you know, we just saw uh, Ben and Jerry's have now ended the license, stopped selling in settlement products. I know what our belief on a settlement is versus theirs, but the reality, international pressure, international people are waking up to the crimes of Israel. Exactly. We just need more people to act on it, don't we? Rather than sort of see, read it and put it down. We need people to, to join, you know, the different groups like APAN that you're, you know, part of, NASA and all of these other groups that, um, you know, because we need the voices. We need more than more than just reading and sharing something. We need to make phone calls, send letters, do whatever we can uh, to get the voices out there. Absolutely. Manal, tell us a little bit about life in Janine. I think you're too young for when uh, the Israelis went into Janine and encountered the resistance that we are so proud of from Janine. Or... I was eight years old when, when the Israeli occupation um, raided the, the Janine camp. I... When I say I vividly remember some of the things, I, I remember saying this to one of the psychologist um, teachers, and he said that at eight years old, you can't really remember much. You have to be 10 years old or, or older to remember vividly or to have vivid memories of your life. But I do remember a lot of the things so vividly, the sound bombs, the, the, the demolition of, 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 of houses, waking up every day to a new house being burnt or a new house being, being demolished. Um, the Palestinians leaving the camp into um, to to find refuge in other in other houses nearing uh, or, or or in Janine. Um, we had almost um, four families in our home just to you know to to for them to find a shelter away from the camp. It was absolutely horrific, and I remember um, once the raid ended. Well. Um, I went to the camp. I remember my parents didn't want me to go there because it was horrific and, and, and the scenes was absolutely in, in, inhumane. But I do still remember the blood on the ground, um, having having the one of one of um, a wheel of, of a wheelchair being uh, um, on on the street, which made me just imagine that the person who was sitting on it. It was absolutely horrendous. The 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 the, the struggle is real. And um, we say we say that the 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 occupation, the Israeli occupation, and the Israeli occupation forces can't really um, enter the Janine camp, and they still cannot until this day. Uh, uh, the the youth of Janine and the youth of Janine camp, they stand so strongly and so um, they have so much courage to face the Israeli occupation, and 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 Janine still until this day. And moving forward, inshallah, always they they just prove uh, their strength and the um, you know it, it, we don't have any other choice. This is our home. This is our home that that is being demolished and that is that is being under the threat of the Israeli occupation. We can't. We it's like it's very similar to people in 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 Sheikh Jarrah and to Salwan. 
is Palestine. Regardless of where you are, you are under the Israeli occupation. You're facing the same kind of threats and the same kind of struggle. Um, but we don't have any other choice. We've we've learned from our mistakes in the past. My grandparents are refugees from Haifa. They 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 left. They were forced into leaving their houses in 2000 in in 1948 um, from Haifa to Jenin. And we've learned the lesson from, from our grandparents. We will not leave. We're here to stay, regardless of the amount of pressure they put on us, regardless of, regardless of, the, of, the, of the, the, the huge struggle and, and suffering that we're facing. We're still here and this is our homeland. We don't have any other choice. They have the choice of going back to where they came from. They have the choice to end the occupation and to liberate, to liberate Palestine. But we do not have any other choice but to stand here strong and encourage us. Well, Menard, I don't know if there's a better way to finish a show. You are inspiring. The Palestinian people are inspiring. And I think increasingly the Israelis realize that they're on a losing battle as they were not able to conquer Jenin in 2002. And for those that don't remember, there's a great movie called Jenin Jenin. Do yourselves a favor and download it. It's on YouTube. You can watch that. Jenin Jenin. J-E-N-I-N. J-E-N-I-N. I'll watch it tonight. Yep. Menard, so fantastic to speak to you. Thank you. Inshallah, we'll get to speak to you again. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Again, listeners, the link to the petition for Iyad, the article from Tim Costello, and also that barbaric, barbaric interrogation of Ahmed Manasra is also there. Share the podcast, share those links, share the petition. And remember, there's never been a better time for a free Palestine.